0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt
1: Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. My name is Matt Connor. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. This is the NFL Trade Deadline Edition, where the Chiefs are blockbuster trades from brett Veach today but first how are you sterling i'm doing good i'm doing good it's a little
0: cold tuesday last game of softball tonight so i only get to freeze my ass off one more time uh but no you're right the in a in a league where trades are very rare Kansas city's made a couple of them um let's get into it baby
1: yeah yeah let's do it let's do it first off Uh, earlier this afternoon in fact sterling and i tried to record earlier in response to this trade only to have technological issues screw us three times so maybe we were meant to hold out to also get ldt in here but let's begin Uh, brett veach begins his day giving away a sixth round pick to the pittsburgh steelers in exchange for a kind of for a to a partner we've been flirting with for a long time you know she's like the girl it's like the girl in the back of the class that you just keep making eyes at and finally you get melvin ingram
0: it's it's like white snake slip of the tongue you know it's it's kind of like that
1: <laughs> but no man
0: I, I, i'm stoked right now this to me is not like josh gordon i know like, uh you, you may have some what we're just gonna gloss over the white snake reference yeah is that what yeah you're we yeah. like I was, We're like, here
1: he, I was like, wait, here he goes again with an 80s rock record.
0: <laughs> well, in the thrill of the night, we'll keep talking about it. If we don't let me get to my my damn point here.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, man. You, you
1: like it, though. You like this move. Uh,
0: yeah, I love this move. Um, this, to me, isn't like Josh Gordon. And, and you and I had differed there when it first happened. And so far, playing out how I thought. Uh, hey, what?
1: Why do you got to bring that up? He wasn't traded today. Okay,
0: fair, fair point. No, a six-round draft pick, and I know that's the main holdup for a lot of people out here. They're going, "Will you give up a six-rounder. Well, people are saying, you know, Trey Smith, there's a six-rounder. Well, we all know he wasn't a real six-rounder. It was medical issues. That was why the Chiefs got him that far in the draft. Uh, Rashad Fenton, sure, he's been very solid. But for how many of those solid six-rounders, how many end up being nothing? You can always trade back into the draft and grab a sixth or seventh rounder. But getting Melvin Ingram for, what, $560,000 when the defensive line has been a major issue, I like it. And I get they could have gotten Melvin Ingram, um, you know, in free agency before the season started and they tried. I think there was a little bit of shady business going on with the Steelers. I believe the Steelers probably told Melvin Ingram, you're going to get a lot of playing time here. You know, maybe you're a starter, maybe the first one off, you're going to get a ton of playing time. And I'm sure when Kansas City was asked that question of how much playing time Ingram's going to get, they probably said, well, Chris Jones is now at D end. We're paying a boatload, an oozy amount of money to Frank (laughs) Clark.
1: You know, you could fill a Lambo SUV with the amount of money
0: he's earning. Exactly. And so I think Melvin Ingram's probably like, well, I'm going to go to the Steelers. They're probably a playoff team and I'm going to get more playing time. Wrong. Now he's back to Kansas City. And to me, what well, this move also signals, Chris Jones is going back inside. Yeah, we're going to yeah. see a lot more Chris Jones interior defensive alignment. So to me, this is a win win scenario just based on Chris Jones is back inside and Melvin Ingram, I still think, has a little bit left in the tank.
1: Yeah, well, I, I hope so. I hope so. I like the idea of Ingram, Frank, and Mike Dana rotating as your primary edges. And I like an interior of, uh, like, Reed, Naughty, Turk Wharton, Colin Saunders, and then, of course, Jones anchoring that unit. This is, like what we thought in the preseason, a deep and talented and young unit. And if they can turn the corner and stay healthy, and Ingram can provide additional like support and reps, this could be really good really quickly, I think. That, that may be a little bit uh, sunny side up here, you know, w- based on the way the season's played out so far, but uh, I'm feeling pretty optimistic there.
0: No, I think you have every right to feel optimistic. If you probably ask every 32 GMs, I bet a lot would probably say this Stevenson line talent-wise would be top five. Sure. They've not produced. Yeah. On paper, on paper, they've not produced anywhere near their complete talent level, but I I like to think that the talent will eventually rise to the top. And again, I think a lot of this is going to start with Chris Jones moving back inside, but when you have Melvin Ingram, you have Frank Clark, who, by the way, Frank Clark had his best game uh, of the season. Last game. That was, that was nice to see. Uh, Jaron Reed had his best game of his Kansas city career. Last game. That's nice to see. Maybe we're starting to see some progress. I know Frank Clark, And this is kind of not off topic, but a little different here. Frank Clark mentioned, you know, once we get put in the right position the other day in one of his uh, meetings, I thought it was kind of a shot at spags. I also thought it was kind of a shot at maybe Chris Jones, get your ass back inside, you know. And, 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 and I know Frank Clark hasn't necess- has not by no means lived up to the contract and by no means is Frank Clark probably deserving to go off on a tangent, blaming other guys for not putting up numbers. But I do think it's a good point. Maybe the defense hasn't been put in the best possible spot to succeed. I, I think having Melvin Ingram and all this talent, I, I think eventually we're going to see it all come together. You got to start somewhere. I know they're giving up a six-round draft pick. I know people are saying they could have gotten Melvin Ingram in the offseason. It's a sunk cost. I'm not a financial advisor, but I keep sounding like I want to say sunk cost. Frank Clark's contract, sunk cost. doesn't matter. I just want to see the best players put in the best possible situations to succeed. I think we're going to start seeing this more as the season progresses.
1: Mm. Let me add one more wrinkle here that I love about Melvin Ingram's addition at this point in the season for the Chiefs, and then we'll get to the other trade. But I want to say this. Uh, The other day, two weeks ago, The Tennessee Titans mopped the floor with the Kansas City Chiefs. 24 point deficit. The Chiefs only scored three points. The Titans' pass rush was relentlessly in the face of Mahomes, bad decisions, turnovers, etc. And a big instigator there was Bud Dupree. Now, if you remember in the offseason, the Titans signed Dupree away from they signed you, me, and Dupree away from uh sorry i couldn't help but make that joke uh i got owen wilson jokes aplenty anyway um they signed dupree away from the steelers for big money hoping he could be that anchor like like the Chiefs picked up frank clark right dupree's been a little slow to get going and in that game he like really broke out it was just was very consistent and it occurred to me the guy that he was having such success against was Orlando Brown Jr. Now I'm not trying to, to castigate Orlando Brown Jr. I don't even know if I used that word correctly, but it sounded good in my head. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure if OBJ, um, I'm not, like I'm not trying to make an example of him here or say he's the problem. What I'm saying is, if you remember, you know Dupree was with the Steelers for years, OBJ with the Ravens for years. That means that when those two lined up on new teams this year, They brought a ton of familiarity, again, with the other to the game. And Dupree made an example out of him there. What I love about Ingram here is that he's bringing that level of experience, like eight years in the AFC West with the Chargers. He's bringing that to the Chiefs when they still have five out of six games left to play on the schedule against the West. You're going to have a guy who has experience facing this Broncos line, facing this Raiders line, practicing against his own Chargers line. He's got one game left against the Bolts, two against the Donkeys, two against the Raiders. And and look, the Chiefs, in, instead of thinking like number one scene and, and, and a first-round bye, they're thinking at this point, we just got to make it in. And the easiest way to do that is to just clinch your division. So I love this pickup from the sort of familiarity it brings to a position of need uh, against a lot of competition that they're going to have to mow down if they want to make it. So even from that divisional edge, I love it. That's
0: a very good point, and one I didn't initially think of. My thought process was like, okay, sure, the Chargers, there'll be a lot of familiarity there. Maybe you can do a little Bill Belichick move and – Hopefully, help our team out. Help the Chiefs out. Give them some inside information. But you're right. Still four games as far as two with the Raiders, two with uh, the Broncos. That's big. That's huge. If he can take advantage of some of his knowledge, and he's a you know a veteran. He he knows what he is doing. He's been around the block. So that's a very good point, and one I think that was going under the radar again. I'm stoked about Melvin Ingram. I understand. I'm not expecting him to go out there and have 13 sacks the rest of the season, but I am expecting him to play a big role on the defensive turnaround because, again, I think the biggest boost is going to come from Chris Jones moving back inside. Plus, the emergence of the two linebackers, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr., have me extremely excited. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's talk the other deal. Let's talk. So today the Chiefs ended uh, the tenure of Lauren... Of Larry <laughs> of LDT. L- L- Laurent
0: Duvernay Tardif.
1: Yeah, I wasn't going to go there with some sort of ratatouille, uh, you know, impersonation, whatever that sounds like. But uh, here's, I'm a little sad at this. I mean, I, okay, they saved a million dollars in the deal per sources. And uh, they also got back a veteran tight end, which maybe that's a good thing given that Noah Gray is still green. Uh and they lost Jody Fortson for the season. Like like maybe maybe they like the idea of another veteran around in case of issues for another half season there with a with a tight end. So they pick up Dan Brown uh there. But I'm a little sad here because LDT was one of the single greatest stories in the NFL in the last decade in terms of you know, he's like like one of the best humanitarians we've ever seen, uh overall. He's a, he, he's a guy who, who like a long-shot prospect, a six-round pick out of Montreal, the football factory known as McGill University. <laughs> um, the guy goes and gets his medical, uh, like completes his medical training and, and finishes med school, does all his interning and, and residency and off seasons. And by the way, is still able to retain a starting NFL job while doing that. And then opts out to go serve on the front lines against COVID and, and treating COVID patients. Like I just think that's a hell of a guy. That's that's a guy I'm glad we've gotten to know as fans. And so it's sad for me to hear that chapter end, even if he's not playing. I, like, like, what do you think of this? Do you have any thoughts here?
0: Yeah, and, and I do agree with a lot of your points as far as he is just an insanely amazing human being. The storylines, everything surrounding him is just so fascinating and incredible. Literally, a football player and a doctor at the same time does not even seem possible. Does he sleep? I don't know. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, Chiefs weren't using him. Just because he's an amazing human being doesn't necessarily translate to wins. If you're a football program, you're in the NFL, guys do some bad stuff. We know this. A lot of guys get second chances, third chances, fourth chances if they can play football. You're not building a choir. You're trying to win football games. As great of a guy as as he was, he wasn't going to be helping the team this year. And I think part of it probably was they want to give LDT some playing time. I think LDT probably wanted playing time because he had a no-trade clause. So if he wanted to stay in Kansas City, he could have. He yeah. could have stayed here because he could have said, no, I'm not going to the Jets. Well, I'm sure he wants to play – and I appreciate that. And so he's going up to to the Jets. And so I think it's kind of a win win for both teams. Chiefs get back Dan Brown, no receptions this year. A special teamer. He might help solve the Da Vinci Code. Uh, I'm sorry for taking your joke, by the
1: way. You took Matt. my joke. I know I'm you, an asshole. Am I an asshole for that? You just like pulled the ball off the tee as I was like getting ready to swing. It's I lucid like, it. Cool. I cool. lucid it. You
0: did. You get here. I'll give you another one. What 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 is Dan Brown's origin? That's another book you wrote.
1: Oh, God. I, I you know like Dan. way more about Dan Brown than I,
0: I do. I like Dan Brown. He's he's a pretty interesting author.
1: But no, end of the day,
0: I think as far as LDT, we're going to miss him as far as what he was in this community, his story. But as far as on field performance, it was time. I mean, even if for God forbid, Trey Smith gets hurt, LDT wasn't even the first one up. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and, and so he gets playing time. Chiefs maybe get some special team help, and like you mentioned, maybe they want to bring in another uh, tight end, maybe a blocker. I mean, Blake Bell looked banged up, and Blake Bell, well, let me ask you this. Who has worse hands, Blake Bell or Demetrius Harris? Man,
1: uh, it's got to be Bell. I mean, Harris was at least known for having hands, and then drops. I mean, he could at least make the catch, even if he dropped some. Yeah, you know, I mean, Bell's a blocker. You know, he's he's not tasked with moving the chains that much. I I get it. I'm a little surprised that today's tight ends could be so one-dimensional, by the way, that a lot of mm. guys could do one thing well and and keep a job for years. That's a little surprising to me, but but that's neither here nor there. on those guys... But, I, uh, Matt, really, really quickly,
0: Matt, just very, very quickly. You also said it saved Kansas City, what, a million dollars or so? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah. don't know if it's true or not, but I think it's potential. I mean, again, we're, we're recording this now. Deshaun Jackson just got released by the Rams, could a move be in place to try and go after Deshaun Jackson? I wouldn't personally, a 34-year-old deep threat who I don't understand how he would help as far as the intermediate routes trying to beat cover two, but I'm saying, could that be a possibility? Is another guy that gets released coming up to have some extra money floating around? That could be a possibility.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree there. You know, cap money can even carry over. You say, well, it's only a million, but you know, every little bit adds up. And the reality is if you're dealing spare parts, if it's not going to make any difference in the on-field consequences, you make that trade. And, uh, you know, as a hat tip to a good guy, I hope the LDT is able to like actually get some playing time and get some meaningful reps in, uh, you know, before he calls it a career.
0: Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, he'll be protecting Zach Wilson and or maybe Mike, Was it, Mike Davis? Not Mike, Mike Davis. White. Mike White. Sorry, I forgot. The NFL
1: Week 8 passing yards leader, Mike White. Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. incredible. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't a big day for the Chiefs in terms of, like, major acquisitions. But I think the most important thing we learned today was that the Chiefs have no qualms about being all in. They set out to win a super bowl before the season. That's still very much the goal. We're trading 2022 picks for 2021 assets. And, um, you know, like, I mean, no matter how you think they look at the moment, they know that the only thing that matters is how you look in a postseason. And if they can even squeak in there, again, we've said it before, but who wants to play them? Would you? No. I mean,
0: end of the day, if they go six and three, cause I think that's what, I would feel comfortable. The chiefs are 10 and seven. I feel comfortable. That's a playoff spot. Nine and eight. You're getting into tiebreakers. You're getting into uh, uh, wonky situations. The chiefs go 10 and seven. I'm confident. That's a playoff team, especially with the expanded playoffs. Yeah. I mean, 10 and seven gets it. So can they go six and three, two games against the Broncos, two games against the Raiders? Sure. They have some other tough matchups in there in between, I'm just saying Kansas has a very tough remaining strength of schedule, but I think if any team deserves the benefit of the doubt of going yes. six and three over a nine game stretch, or a, the benefit of the doubt of could they figure it out, I think this team can. There's too much talent, too good of coaches. I like this. I'm all in.
1: I couldn't agree more. I um, I think the Chiefs don't lose another AFC West game. I think that's how the, the season unfolds i think melvin egram is going to have 20 sacks in nine games <laughs> all right maybe not
0: i was very close to spitting out my coffee which would have been absolutely horrendous because i'm in the radio studio right now
1: and that would have gone all
0: over the board the computers
1: <laughs> bad news that's bad news
0: oh man let's get
1: out of here sterling take us out
0: all right. This was the Airhead Attic Podcast. Quick emergency episode with Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. That's Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes. Thank you guys so much for listening. Matt Verderam, Patrick Allen. We'll give you more Chiefs talk later on this week. Guys, be good. If you would like to give us a review, we would love it. Apple Podcasts, wherever you guys get your podcast, please give us five stars. Great review. We'll try and hit all your questions as well. Until next time, we are out